Do you have a magic carpet? Yeah. A little three-seater. <laughs> so let me get this straight. You want to fly on a magic carpet to see the king of the potato people. <laughs> and plead with him for your freedom. And you're telling me you're completely sane? <laughs> What is it? So what is it? The Red Dwarf Podcast! Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to So What Is It? Uh, what is it, Matt? I believe. It's a Red Dwarf podcast. Oh. Oh, thank you. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> All this time spent in quarantine this last year has really you know, done it for me. Um, yes, that's right. We're up to the episode quarantine. We're going a bit stir crazy. This podcast is hopefully keeping us in balance. Did quarantine cheer you up, Dan? It did cheer me up. Yes, it's uh, it's one of those with bits in I remember. But what I really enjoyed were some of the parts I'd completely forgotten. It's uh, had some had some really nice bits in it. And again, they seem to be, you know, once they alight on, okay, here's a way of abusing someone, they just keep going until they run out of ideas. There were there were lots and lots of, uh, of variations on a theme this week I enjoyed that I'm sure we'll get to. I think that's right. Variations on a theme, a few things were cropping up again um, than we, that we've had before, but hopefully in a good way. Matty, what yeah. do you think? I, like, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was kind of, uh, didn't not like it, didn't absolutely love it. It was very fitting of a thing, I think, especially for current events. But yeah, I, I did enjoy it. Good, good. Matt, what are your feelings? There was a veritable plethora of um, Space Corps directives this week. It, it went to overdrive, didn't they, really? They, they did, <laughs> yes. Um, I thought this episode was reasonably good, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely got a few classic moments in it which are remembered well for for the the visual elements and hopefully some of the jokes so it's definitely a standard episode in that way i th i think my first watching of it this week i was, i wasn't disappointed but it, it didn't quite hit me in the same way as i was expecting i mean i, I made the bold claim before series five started that series five was my favorite series i don't know if i'm gonna still be on that train once we get to the end or not really i'm sort of a bit up and down about certain bits and pieces yeah oh, oh no i don't mean that in a negative way because I, I certainly enjoyed it and there's still some great moments in this so let's let's do a few great moments shall we i tell you what i'm gonna start i think uh <laughs> just for once. i don't i don't often go for it because uh, a line i've i just always loved it crapped me up for the very first time was when when they've used the luck virus and and cat says what a stroke of luck! <laughs> <laughs> it was just sort of like, how simple is that line? But yeah, how effective? So yeah. I love that one. So that's my first play today, um, Matty. Um, to me, uh, the 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 bit that really got me was obviously towards the end. Um, you know, Rimmer being in his girly gingham that's the costume with the whole hand puppet yeah that really got to me that made me laugh the whole that whole yeah. scene with him playing that character was just brilliant yeah and that's, that's that's what i'm talking about with the visual element that's well remembered with mr flibble yeah <laughs> dan hey what are you going for do you know what the bit that made me laugh the most in this was uh is uh Crichton, as ever the font of all knowledge oh i just happen to know all about this 
but uh, he's he's cursing the uh, the broken size scanner. Still, it outperforms the 346 in 8 out of 9 bench tests. A small wonder, then, that it secured SciScan of the Year Best Budget Model three years running. <laughs> now, here are the results. Yep. And we're going to live. And I just love that. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Very good. Matt, have you got something different that, that you can leap to without being thwarted, gazumped by us? It were I was because that was mine. The we're going to live. That was mine. <laughs> um, so I'm going to have to say, feckles, heckles, hackles, schmeckles. They're up right now. I'm pointing at you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, very good. Couple of good cat lines in there already. Not that the cat had loads and loads to do this episode. So let's start with him, shall we? Um, we've mentioned two of his lines. Uh, obviously, he's in quarantine with the rest of them. I mean, I felt I felt maybe it. The situation felt a little bit different, hiving Rimmer off on his own. I mind you, he was like that a little bit last week in Terraform, wasn't he? Rimmer mm-hmm. went off on his own, and then the three of them were together. And that happened again this week. But um, I don't think the cat made a huge presence this week. Not that that's necessarily all bad. doesn't always have to. Um, yeah, how, did you enjoy the cat this week, Matt? I, I, I did, because although he didn't do very much... What he did do was was some of my favourite episodes, like for example when um, Crichton has the tubes of the positive virus and there's the inspiration, charisma, sexual magnetism. Sexual magnetism's a virus. Mm-hmm. Well, get me to a hospital. I'm a terminal case. <laughs> and cats, yeah, yeah, and yeah, thought, yeah. Yeah, you are. Bless you. <laughs> However, loving his sort of like Wall Street kind of makeover that he got going on there. That sort of very kind of eighties sort of high-flying exec power suits, you know, combo that he was wearing this this episode. Yeah, very dapper, very dapper. We must get an, a new th- section called Cat's Fashion Watch. I, I think, <laughs> yeah, I know, I think we've uh, missed that boat quite significantly, haven't we? We have. <laughs> really. Um, no curry watch this week, Matty. Did you oh. get on, anything to say about the cat, or has, has Matt just said it for us? No, I think Matt said everything. Like I said, Matt wasn't too heavily involved. Well, Matt wasn't too heavily involved. He wasn't involved in the episode, but the cat was not heavily involved in this episode as much as he has been in the past. But the bits that he did, like you said, the, one of the lines I got written down is that I got the terminal case. So the bits he did have were very good. Now, um, Becky was a bit dozy this week. Um, she was dozing off. Uh, nothing to do with Red Dwarf, I don't think. I think it's just not like she's hit Easter holidays and, and the body says, OK, I'm not going to stay awake. Power down. I, I yeah, thought, power down. I thought, you said bo- I thought you said boozy then, and I was just imagining she's sitting next to you with a bottle of wine in her hand, just giving up at that point. But... It may have been involved, but either, either way, I don't think she was, she was paying full attention. And, um, and she said, oh, it took a little while to get going this week uh, did you get that sense dan I, I i i sort of slightly agree but mm. but did it take a while to get going it wasn't it wasn't um you know bam 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 with the jokes uh, it was one joke but i thought at the start but i thought it was i thought it was a good one interestingly i, I did note just tracking back to cat they sit in different seats they haven't necessarily got a, a guaranteed where they sit but cat who for all his last week all he was doing to repair Crichton was moving his arm up and down um, this, week, this week, not only did I spot him uh, later on looking through the microscope with Crichton when they were looking at the viruses, but also he's in charge of launching the sc- launching the scouter. Now, of course, he doesn't, and that's that joke. It's that it's that undermining. No one's listening to Rimmer, and that actually plays off quite nicely from the end of last week. You you, you guys didn't mean any of that, did you? 
no. So they've, mm. they've, they've kept that going. Um, no, I, I agree. I think Kat, has, uh, Kat didn't have lots to do, but what he did, he did very well. In terms of Becky's comment, yeah, it didn't, it, it didn't launch with a bang, but I think it launched, it made a point that they needed to make for, for to set up Rimmer's, Rimmer's response later on. Yeah, it possibly lacked that that opening scene that they've often done so well. I, I think um, it certainly ended with some some great stuff. But yeah, it, it was a, a gentle start, shall we say? Yeah. Which you know, not necessarily a bad thing. I, I think we've got some good stuff with Captain Bogbot and Commander Ubend. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, once they they Cars they alight, yeah, once they <laughs> alight upon some sort of like insult, uh, they go for it. So absolutely. <laughs> So I really don't know why you're telling me all this, Captain Bogbot. Um, and and we had a return of Smee. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I knew it happened again. Um, and it's sort of like it, when I, when you know it's coming again, there's quite a few episodes coming before it crops up. And yeah. we've talked many times about catchphrases and stuff. And you wouldn't want to overdo it, but it is good to see a return of it. I think. I think. It, I think they've been very restrained in not using it again. To be honest. <laughs> Did you enjoy the return, Matty, of that? I did, I did. That, that that made me laugh, that bit, I will admit. That's something I got written down. You've changed, you know that? Changed? They may not see it, but I do. I know what's going on. You've become a really nasty piece of work. <laughs> Sir, I was merely... You're merely a mechanoid. That's all you're merely. Don't ever forget it. What a schmeek. What a schmeek. What a schmeek. And uh, there's another thing that I, I, I wonder if we got it from this, Dan. But for years we've said to each other, "You've changed, <laughs> haven't we?" <laughs> did it come? Did it come from Red Dwarf? I, I think watching this and dating this, I think it might have been. I think it might have, yeah. might very well have done. I mean, I, I, I seriously didn't realise if it did. But you know, for, for years <laughs> when someone someone does something different, we go, "You've changed." <laughs> 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 while we were playing Risk, obviously. but <laughs> Well, I, I can tell you, I've got my Risk journal here. I can tell you what happened. Uh... Your Risk campaign book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, there, was but... a, um, there was a repeat of the whole kind of thing about Crichton breaking his programming. Rimmer banging on about him, um, saying he used to be a gibbering wreck. And he's com- was completely unassertive, no self-confidence, mm. plagued by guilt. I really liked him then. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Chris Barry had good fun delivering a lot of these lines. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I mean, one, the good one is marvellous. You know, oh, that sort of yeah. thing. Yes. The screen, I mean. <laughs> Must- <laughs> mustache rooney On the flip side, I, I think this is some of the creepiest stuff there's been in Red Wolf. Okay, I, I wasn't a quivering wreck or anything, but it, it was quite freaky, wasn't it? The old uh, Dr. Landstrom and the way she behaved and the, and the eyes... You know, that was weird. Like, yeah, yeah, that would that even creeped me out a little bit. Not going to lie, there. Yeah, <laughs> she's a very accomplished actress, Maggie Steed. She's been yeah, in loads yeah. of things. Yeah, was it upstairs, downstairs, or something like that? Or she was, she was, she was in EastEnders not long ago. She was actually in a couple of things for Victoria Wood. Been it in was... lots of, lots of things. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying upstairs, downstairs. There's something like that. <laughs> maybe i don't know who knows who knows but anyway the point was she was creepy in this she did say something which made me have a massive flashback um to when i when i was teaching she referred to uh 
Schopenhauer was right. Life without a pain has no meaning. And I was like, oh my God, I've used that quote. Um, Schopenhauer was a corporal punishment. Now, Arthur Arthur Schopenhauer was a philosopher and he was uh, a massive influence on people like Nietzsche and um, Sigmund Freud. And so when I was teaching psychology, that quote was came up in a in a case study that, that we looked at so i i was i was, I was right back there so i, I mean do we agree do we agree? Does, is life without pain does it have no meaning um, wow. i i think yes it, i i agree because it you know everybody needs to have some sort of color not say pain you know some color in their lifetime to so they can bit, understand bit of shame appreciate. to appreciate the love. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure this was fully explored within this episode, but, um, uh, and, and maybe if it was series one or two, they might've explored it more, but <laughs> instead they had the hex vision, and they ran away from it. Yeah. Why can't we ever meet anybody nice? Lister says at that point, <laughs> which I liked. Well, they did. They met Camille. She was nice. Uh, yeah. It's just as true. It's a couple of series ago now. <laughs> but, um, but, but talking of concepts, I mean, this concept—it's a—it's a reasonably cool concept, isn't it? A luck virus, a sexual magnetism virus. Obviously, um, it's ridiculous in one, on one hand, but fun on the other. I always enjoyed this this concept, Dan. Mm. No, I, I agree. I think it's a nice, yeah, the very concept that you know viruses are always negative. So every action has an equal and opposite reaction, as we know well. Um, so I think that it's a really nice concept. We talked about whether we got um, oh, give changed. Um, I wonder if uh, if J.K. Rowling was a uh, a fan of Red Dwarf because Liquid Luck. Felix Felicis, yes, yeah. I was thinking the same thing yeah, as well. Yeah. Yes, same, same. It didn't cross yes. my mind, but but then um, good old J.K. has uh, those books are full of everything from everywhere, really, as as all good stories are. To a point. oh, sure, it wouldn't be a wouldn't be a criticism if, if if that's where that idea had come from and she played with it in a way that that worked for her and and uh, and, and and our crew play with it in a in a way that works for them as as uh, as you said as cat said <laughs> what a stroke of luck i <laughs> i really i really enjoyed that moment when Crichton turns around with the dart in the back of his head it it, it appeared yeah. to be clearing off <laughs> <laughs> And that was all, the... a, a, a classically great, sort of stupid, obvious yeah, yeah. joke, wasn't it? The die in the back of the head. Yeah. And the thing about with the reverse flu. Chances are, sir, that on those occasions you had unwittingly contracted Landstrom's virus. According to her notes, 20th century DJs suffered from it all the time. And it's like, it's so right. DJs were so perky and so sort of, hi, everyone, welcome to blah, blah, here's how... Kylie. Yeah, how is your new job going, Matty? <laughs> <laughs> No, not that you know. Listen You're to Matty really... on uh, Box Office FM. Box Office it's Radio. It's not 20th century anymore. You know what I mean. Well, they, of course, they did put that joke in before most of the 20th century DJs they were referring to were arrested. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah. They might have to come up with a character now. Yeah, no, you're right. It was before yeah. the big, the big cult. The, the U tree virus, it? wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. They were probably all in the midst of perpetrating at that point. You can edit this stuff out. I don't know. This is, this is, we haven't said much this episode. I need to keep it in. <laughs> we, we've probably got about three minutes of usable stuff right now. I'm not going to lie. We have got this far, and we haven't 
yet mentioned the king of the potato people. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's our best hope. <laughs> That, that was, was brilliant. that was so funny though. That was genuinely really funny. It was really. I mean, it is. I you know, comedy corner. Be excited. Be be excited. Be excited. Be be excited. It's hard to be wacky, isn't it? It's hard to do stupid or surreal and make it effectively funny. And actually, I think that scene was a mix of that, because let's just briefly skate on the idea of things that didn't work at the same time. Because I, I felt, when he was listing all the stuff about Sprouts and the magazines and stuff, this was, was done without an, an audience, I think, because it felt like he was leaving space for laughs, and they weren't putting the laughs in quite right. It felt a little forced to me, a lot of that scene. Um, yeah, do you know what I mean? He was listing this sort of like yeah. lunch, sprouts for dinner, and it didn't sort of flow as well as it has done. So it seems to be something was amiss. I don't think it was the the material, and I and I, and I just feel as though there's something a little bit amiss. No, I know I know what you're saying, but that was Rimmer in like git mode. That was before he'd kind of like contain, you know, started dressing up in in his gingham finery at that point. Yeah, uh, yeah it's it hard to do insane and wacky, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and and also as well with the fact is that Rimmer sort of seems to kind of not like the sort of silliness. Having him being sort of silly and wacky, you know, caused by the virus was was quite refreshing, really, I think, and and amusing. But I I'm, I must say, a diet of sprouts with a you know <laughs> a perpetually looped tape of Reggie Dixon's Tango treats. But okay, I I, I often say this about Rimmer, and I, I'm getting increasingly worried that I'm far too much like him because, you know, <laughs> he, he was, um, he was sort of within his rights, wasn't he? In a way. I mean, he's right. Crichton does always quote space core directors at him. He wants to play it by the book. So he plays it by the book. He's only doing well, what should be done. That's right? what I've put. That's what I've put. It's actually all Crichton's fault for giving him that copy of the space core directives. <laughs> Has anyone ever, seen this legendary Space Corps directive manual? <laughs> well, no. He's making it up, isn't he? The bloody book doesn't exist. You play with fire, you get burned. And you're right, he was totally within his rights to... to it's just the way that he does it. because he was Possibly like, not with the sprouts and, and the single birth and all that, yes. The Red Wolf Podcast. So for me, that that was that, that scene and, and bits in, around it was a little bit forced and maybe a bit stilted. I mean, that's my not quite working for the week. Uh, any of you guys got anything you wanted to bring up that maybe wasn't your bread and butter this week? I think that whole scene could have been funnier. I mean, so the I same did, scene, I, same scene. Really. It is, it is, the, the, yeah, it is. Uh, you know, there were there were bits that were funny, like the, the you know Crichton going bonkers after being axed. You know, two and one half badges, please. And, oh yeah, that, I mean, that was a bit later on, wasn't it? That's, that's a yeah, later on scene. Yeah, I was, but after having seen that clip of Rimmer with the mop cap on and the plats and Mister Mister Flibble, Fribble, Flibble, Flibble, Flibble. Mister Flibble's very cross. <laughs> You shouldn't have run away from him. What are we going to do with them, Mr. Flibble? <laughs> we can't possibly do that. <laughs> Who'd clear up the mess? Thank you. And after seeing that in the opening titles, but I've never seen this episode, I was a bit disappointed, to be perfectly honest. I think uh, it could have been sharper. 
it's one of those isn't it i mean i mean we haven't talked about that for a while it's one of those it's in the titles so it's for me slightly takes the edge off that i mean there's been a long i've known it for years so it's hard to know i was just doing a little test a little test to see if you'd gone crazy I, I think I have felt that this this series, the direction has been a hasn't been as good. Um, I haven't quite liked the style as much. There's been a bit more handheld stuff and a bit more all over the place. Possibly, it's been a different style. Anyone else? Know? I mean, I haven't worried too much about it. There's definitely a bit in this one when it was on Rimmer, and it, I felt like shouting screen, "Hold that bloody camera still!" You know. <laughs> I know, but even though you're saying that uh, there's been a bit too much handheld stuff, I'm very grateful for the handheld, the handheld stuff because without that, we wouldn't have had Mr. Flibble. And I think Mr. Flibble is what carried that episode. <laughs> what a schmeet. What a schmeet. What a <laughs> Talking of handheld stuff, males need time alone, apparently. Was that me or was that, was that a um, affirmation euphemism? <laughs> From Crichton, I think it's very thinly veiled euphemism. (laughs) (laughs) He just said handheld. I thought I've got to get that in there. (laughs) I I think the 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 change in style and hasn't hasn't grated at all. But the noticeable change in style, on balance, I'm I've appreciated because whereas previously it's been very much you know two-dimensional you've been looking at the set and they've been playing in this and then they've gone to the next set and you've sort of seen that scene it's felt a little bit more immersive i think there have definitely been some episodes where you felt more um i mean even in last series to be fair they were starting to do that i think we talked didn't we about in marooned you could they had some really quite interesting angles be beneficial i i think that you know potentially as they keep they do chop and change directors for for out of necessity or, or, or choice i suppose and and they all have a slightly different look so one episode might jar a little bit perhaps to a to a style that you've become accustomed to but no i know it's too much on that and and uh, you know obviously if it becomes a problem then you can f- focus on it but it's never worried us too no. much i mean i mean i did and the model work was lovely this is definitely and the, and the um the sets they've used the series have yeah. been greater i mean we've mm-hmm. talked about before and it's annoyed you a little bit matt hasn't it about the fact they've spent a lot of time on starbug and again we start on starbug here because it's expedient to do so to get to the planet on this story i suppose well, um there's definitely more time on starbug we, when we get back to red dwarf it, it it felt more contained although we had a sleeping quarters it was slightly different it, it definitely felt more contained in that sense even though they'd gone to another world and stuff i mean yeah, I mean, it's just, I think my sort of, like, bugbear with that was the whole sort of, like, I didn't understand why there wasn't, it wasn't properly explained. But, yeah, no, I, I, Starbucks kind of cute, really. <laughs> I, th- I think possibly it's the, the reason for them to be all together in a room, isn't it, as much as anything, to create the conflict, I suppose. Yes, true. True. Now, um... <laughs> I, I I don't do this very often, but I, after this um, episode, I switched on the commentary uh, on the on the Blu-ray, and uh, the, I didn't listen to it all, but I was listening to them sort of waffle on a little bit. Very interesting. You know, Robert Llewellyn was complaining about oh, I've got all this stuff about the luck virus to talk about, and I did that every week. 
um, looked at my scripts and sort of like sort of turned a page and think, oh my god, I've got all this to learn. Oh, it's one of those episodes. And, and then Hattie Hayridge there going, oh, I dreamt of having <laughs> lines to learn. <laughs> oh, bless her. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously that fits in with stuff we've said before. And again, I mean, she was present in this up to a certain point. And then, yeah. you know, in the last half of the episode, totally disregarded while they're in quarantine, etc. Old, well, old complaint. Move on, I suppose. But <laughs> it, it's yeah. one of those things, and 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 you know, we we've I think long ago decided to just go with it. It's a sitcom set in space. The the idea that they were they were in quarantine, yes, isolated, yes. But Hollywood have been a perfect opportunity to have to have contact with the with the outside world, and, and she wasn't explicitly not in it for that reason. It was just. You know, obviously, it was funnier to set them up with "you've only got," you know, the the, the crochet video and 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 whatever else they had. Um, it, I, I thought them in quarantine um, feels like the time to, to to talk about that. That disintegration, which we find out mm-hmm. took place over only five days, was was excellent. I actually thought that the way that they played it, we see them at the beginning. It's all going to be okay. We're not going to give him the satisfaction, and then they played one more scene five days later. And we're able to recount the things and have yeah. it's to say, we're going to get through this. Don't call him Techie. Oh, no, now don't call me Techie. You know what happens when you call me Techie. These bits and pieces that, that just, uh, he managed to do that exposition about what the last five days must have been like. Well, I'm calling you it now. It's exactly what I'm calling you, Techie. I just thought really well and packed in some good jokes there, I thought. I mean, yeah, for me, it's, it, uh, maybe a, a great moment in the episode is all the crochet hats there. I mean, yes. <laughs> the, bit where, where, the bit where they cut to Lister and he sat there knitting, I just thought, oh, lovely, lovely touch. <laughs> Tetchy! Tetchy! Yeah, I mean, that's the bit that doesn't work, really. They're sort of like, yes. oh, I'm going to put this... Don't call me Tetchy, you know what happened? I'll put this video on. <laughs> <laughs> not, not as good as the crochet joke. <laughs> or the yeah. What Carcass magazine. <laughs> yeah. What are you saying to me? Vultures need personal space. They need, like, time alone every day to put their feet up and read What Carcass magazine. <laughs> but it, it, when you wound up Crichton, and, for, and Rimmer was right early on, as we've said, you know, he only quotes Space Corps directives at Rimmer. He is now, and I think we talked about this last week, he is now prepared to call out anybody that he doesn't, you know, he's, he's not only, he doesn't only have a go at Rimmer. Um, and... And he and he does he does lay lay into him with the uh, with the Frankenstein joke, doesn't he? You know. Yes. Uh, that's a view held by all truly stupid people, which of is true. But he really went for it. But there was one thing in there that was just horrific, but so so true, so true. And it, and Crichton is talking about someone who blows their nose and <laughs> opens the hanky and looks into it. We've all seen someone do it. Why? Why? I mean, why? 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 What do you expect to see in there? <laughs> A Turner seascape, perhaps. <laughs> the face of the Madonna. An undiscovered Shakespearean sonnet. Ew. Right, well, I don't know how much more we're going to wring out of this episode. I enjoyed it. it. It didn't overstay its welcome. Some classic bits in it, but I'm, I'm not sure there's too much more to say. I, of course, I'm speaking for myself. Put your hands up now if you want to say something else. Oh, Matt, you got your hand up. Hello. I have my hand up, yes. There was a sort of reference to a to times gone by, which 
I thought, oh, I remember that. Near the very beginning, they've decided that Dr. Hildegard Landstrom would be a useful member of the crew and they're going to share the time between her and mm, uh, mm. L- Lister. And um, her and Rim, excuse me. And Lister says, we'll work out a timeshare. And Rimmer says, what am I, a filler in the Algarve? Timeshare is timeshare's not really a thing anymore. I think we've talked, talked about, about this before. I think we've had a timeshare joke previously mm. and, we, and we mentioned it then I, I couldn't guarantee that and i'm not going to tell you which episode that was well we but... definitely had a, a repeat sugar puff sandwich um joke yeah only was that last week uh, I, we've had them before i mean i mean i did actually note down about the holograms because when you said it was a call back in the holograms i thought you were going to talk about the fact that obviously that concept has come up many a time hasn't it of of let's replace him or let's get Kachansky back K- who Kachansky remember her Kachansky yeah. back um you know and all that sort of business and the two rimmers and everything it's been a while since we talked about it or had you forgotten as a rimmer says oh yeah that that concept was there as well and after I mean I, I, it's my regular thing now to mention the last episode I edited it was meltdown um and we all said that how awful Rimmer was, you know, I think there's almost justification based on this week as well to, to get rid of him and replace him with another hologram. <laughs> would they have that right? Yeah. Well, would you want to there with, 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 you know, Dr. Woo, you know, Oh, not necessarily with her. No, no. I mean, they didn't yes. know that, but with another hologram, um, that was just my, my well, thought. he is a git. He is a git, but of course he's our git, isn't he? You know, <laughs> and he yes. knows what. He, he, yes, he knows what to get you for Christmas, doesn't he? A double lobotomy and ten rolls of rubber, rubber wallpaper. <laughs> <laughs> now you're saying you're saying the last lines now that we're. I'm not sure I've got anything to add to our last line roundup. Sorry, Dan, were you about to well, say? Well, I was going to say he is a git, but as we've said, actually in this case he was totally justified. It only went south when he clearly caught the virus. Um, he did. I mean, but, yes. I mean, you know, and. I thought the way that he played crazy, he didn't, he didn't do manic crazy. He did calm crazy. Mm. He was talking very calmly about the king of the potato people. Can't stand crazy people. Whilst, you know, dressed in gingham with Mr. Flibble, who, by the way, excellent supporting character. He's in my top five. Um, you know, <laughs> Top five supporting characters. <laughs> I just thought it was great. I just thought he was great. But no, I, I thought, again, you've got the opportunity. Chris Barry took the opportunity to play some range rather than just stick to his character. And again, he was excellent at it. While we're talking about Mr. Flibble, that reminds me to say... Um, so the Mr. Flibble was originally a puppet bought from the local charity shop that they used as a stand-in um, during rehearsals. But... Essentially, the prop that they were going to use wasn't ready in time, and they just decided to use the puppet anyway. Again, this is one of your teasing things. You're like, well, what was the prop? What <laughs> they missed out on? I don't know what they missed out on, but the prop they they just decided. You did to that stick before, in fact. You said something. You said they did this instead of this other thing they didn't do. Well, well what other thing? <laughs> I can only but read you the it? facts I can see in front of me. That's the best I've got. I, I expect deep research. I don't think we need deep research. I think as 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 <laughs> As stage treaders as you are, you should appreciate the the wonderful opportunity that the understudy was given and they shot. <laughs> I loved the way that Chris Barry made him look around the corner. Yeah, it, it did work. Great. 
it, yeah. it did work right okay now i i sense we are actually coming to a close so um i'm gonna do a quick sweep round and to see if we've got anything else funny we wanted to bring out of this episode matthew i'll go to you first you've been very quiet i have because i think everything i was going to say has been said and probably a lot better than i would say it to be honest so uh, agreed agreed yeah, yeah <laughs> as for usual um I, I basically let's face it in this podcast i have basically become holly i have a few lines and then I stay quiet for the rest of it but um, you have ample opportunity <laughs> to speak up just like holly um but no i think everything that uh yeah everything can i just episode. take this opportunity to say we love you man <laughs> no that was last that was the last episode um, um, I, I think we should. People don't hug enough. Come on, come on, guys. <laughs> oh, thank God for quarantine. That's all I'll say. <laughs> well, mind you, looking at the state of you after quarantine, I don't want to hug yeah. you at the moment. <laughs> no. <laughs> Chris Barry did the when he had the virus. I think he played that very well. And to me, the funny bits of episodes were not spoken; they were performed. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough, Matt. Yeah, I would, I would, I actually would agree with Matthew there. There, uh, there was some great physical comedy bits. I liked the boys from the dwarf, and then the the wobbly kind of. Yeah, nice to see the return of that as well. Yeah. Yes. Okay, okay. Boys from the dwarf. <laughs> Dan. Jeez, red letter day. Mark it down. I agree with Matty wholeheartedly. Oh, wow. Probably my favourite last bit was uh, when when Rimmer is finally uh, incapacitated and he goes down. And then Mr. Fiddlefoot goes down yeah. after. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lovely little touch as well. Yeah. And you could easily miss it, but yeah, I loved it. The performance, yeah, physical performance in this episode was cracking. Yeah, there's another little bit like that when uh, Lister hides away the sexual magnetism vial, isn't there, as well? Yeah, yeah which is just, just a little aside. Yeah, I think my last one then is probably the fact that, you know, we've been talking about Crichton with his size scan. He's always got this thing, and we find out it's a budget model. <laughs> <laughs> it's just in a stupid thing. In eight out of ten benefits, though. Exactly. You know, over three years. But the fact that it's a budget model. I mean, they've got pads that teleport them to to other planets and stuff like that. But they've got the budget models. Models size scan. Cheap damn Martian power packs. <laughs> I mean, but of course they have. If they had the best of everything, they wouldn't end up in most of the scrapes that they get in. And it's the fact yeah. that they managed to get out of them more by luck than judgment or indeed the quality of their tools that makes us love them <laughs> well i have a feeling that next week tech is going to be involved Ooh. although i have i have got one last question based on this episode right if you're in one room in quarantine with three of you you've got nothing to do apart from you know the crochet and watching this stippling video and stuff and you've got a, a suitcase full of the luck virus and other viruses and you don't think about that until when the moment comes five days later when you need to get out. I mean, what are you doing? Yeah, it's very true. Crichton's got the answer to a lot of questions, but he's not street smart, is he? They no. sort of forgot about this big suitcase of viruses. He <laughs> was too busy panel beating his head back into shape for two and a half hours. But, but as Matthew says, it's Red Dwarf. Yeah, move on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> We do. Okay, we guys. Do. We do. <laughs> we will uh, end on that then, and and say uh, cheerio to the all the potato people. Um, so cheerio, everyone, from me, Matthew. Cheerio from me, Matt. Cheerio from me, Matty. And cheerio from me, Dan. Marvelous. Ah!
Is it a wuss? Is it a wuss? Is it a wuss?